Welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome back to Throwback Paperback. I'm one of the hosts, Asia Bonilla. And I'm Charles Sheeland, the other host. And today we're wrapping up the second Twilight book, New Moon. As we like to tell you every week, we're a book club podcast with the Nerd Party Network, and we're reading and rereading young adult books and sharing them with each other. And this is the second book of our third series on the show. Yep, as best friends, we're sharing these books with each other, and we make it into a podcast every week, so you get to hear along with our conversations about it. We have been alternating series with one that one of us has read and the other hasn't, so you get to hear our differing perspectives. Obviously, The Twilight Saga is one of Asia's deep book loves, so she's read it about 59 bajillion times, and this is my first time reading it, and we're already here two books down. Yeah, and I really love hearing Charles's thoughts on this series since, like I said, I've read it a lot and I care about it a lot. And I think this series so far has been the one where our different vantage points bring the biggest discussions up. So that's been super duper fun. And because we're on the series that he's new to, he has to provide the summary of the reading. Of course. So we have Alice showing up, having seen a vision in which Bella might die. And through a series of miscommunication, Edward thinks that Bella is actually dead, and he decides to go to Italy to ask the Volturi to kill him because he does not want to live in a world in which Bella is not there. Bella and Alice chase after him, and they catch up with him, and the Volturi really only let the three of them escape on the condition that Bella has to become a vampire because she knows too much about their world. After the crew makes back to Forks, the Cullens have officially returned, Charlie really hates Edward, even though he's back with Bella, and Jacob kind of severs his friendship with Bella. Also, the Cullens do vote to change Bella into a vampire, but they're going to wait at least until she finishes high school. And at the end, Edward says that he's willing to be open to considering being the person to change Bella. And I'm sure we'll get into that sort of at the end of the episode. But let me quickly dive into my impression of this reading. And that was mostly just that... They go to Italy, and I miss it, and I love Italy. Can we take a throwback paperback trip to Florence and Volterra, Asia, please? Yes, please. I've never been to Italy, and I've always wanted to go. But I'll just give my first impression really quick, and I just have to say I definitely like this section of New Moon a lot more, especially since we do get to finally meet the Volturi, and we get to see other vampires and a lot of other vampires with different like magical abilities. And then of course, I love it because at the end, Bella and Edward are back together. Yeah, I definitely like this section better because I like Edward and I'm glad we have him back. But we start with Bella before Edward comes back. We have start with Bella being guarded by the werewolves and she's spending a lot of time with Jacob again. And that's sort of blurring the line of friendship and romance, but only on Jacob's end, because again, as we always say, Bella is crystal clear about what she wants, or at least vocally, she's clear about that. Like, I think that she should be allowed to hold his hand platonically, but she knows that it means more to him than it means to her. And he keeps calling her honey. And so for me, and we've sort of gotten there in previous conversations, but I feel like she shouldn't have to cut him off. But I feel like maybe she should because he's simply unwilling to accept that she doesn't have feelings for him. We talked about sort of like men trying to wear women down or just even partners trying to wear each other down. And I just think that, while it's not good behavior and we shouldn't 
you know, condone and spread it. I think that Bella's quality of life would be better if she just cut off Jacob. But I want to know what you think, Asia. Yeah, I definitely agree, specifically because they're just totally not on the same page. And even though it's kind of in Bella's character to be, you know, very selfless, she, in this moment, like, it would be very selfless of her to just end their friendship because it is ultimately going to hurt Jacob more than it's going to hurt her by them staying friends because, like I said, he has this wrong idea that they belong together and he loves her even though she's clearly not returning those feelings. But in this specific moment, Bella is just broken and extremely depressed. So, like, realistically, I don't think that she's in the position emotionally to be the bigger person and kind of let Jacob go. And she talks multiple times about how she kind of needs Jacob to survive in this moment. So I feel like she's kind of grasping onto him. And, yes, it would be the selfless thing to let him go. But I just – I don't think she's in a position to do that yet. But then – Something else I wrote about Bella, you know, how we get to the cliff jumping part and how she just decides to go on her own and jump off the cliff. And kind of before or like during this, she starts thinking about Romeo and Juliet, which was kind of discussed a lot in the beginning of the book with her and Edward. And I kind of I like her comparison of Juliet marrying Paris to her with Jacob and that idea of kind of settling. Like she says, like, what if Romeo left Juliet and decided to not be with her would she just settle and be and marry Paris? Because and she's like, what if Paris was her best friend and she loved him, not necessarily in a romantic way, but she could settle to be with him. And she kind of has this idea that she should be with Jacob, you know, because it'll make him happy. And she says like she might eventually be happy, but she'll never be obviously the level of happy she would be with Edward. And I just that just goes back to her always putting everyone's feelings above her own feelings. And I just think that like she shouldn't be with Jacob just because it's going to make him happy. Like that's not a healthy relationship because if she doesn't feel that she can return those feelings or if she doesn't have those feelings right now, like I don't think that she should settle into it and be like, hopefully those feelings develop. Like that's not a good way to start a romantic relationship. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that the Paris consideration, the Paris analogy is really good because the whole point of Paris is that he's never going to be Romeo. And she even says that near the end. She's like, there's just no way that I would ever feel this way. And so, yeah, the way like the way she's thinking about the metaphor, it's very clear that she should not be with Jacob. And she definitely shouldn't be doing it to make him feel better. Like, you start a relationship so that both people get something out of it and you have to continue to get something out of it the entire time. Like if it gets to a point where one of you is still getting something out and the other one is not, that's probably a good time to end the relationship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even have to end on bad terms, but it's just a recognition that it's not working. And that's kind of what I'm saying their friendship needs because especially now that Edward is back, Bella doesn't really need Jacob, I hope. And, Jacob will be getting more out of it that she and she's really only losing because she feels so torn. Also, Paris is like a non-figure in Romeo and Juliet. Like he's the person she's supposed to marry, but he's really not like once she meets Romeo, she's kind of kind of monomaniacal in her love for Romeo and you don't hear the name Paris again. And that's kind of how Bella is with Edward. Yeah, exactly. Like, Paris is, same with Jacob, like, he's always sort of been in her life, but he's really not, 
even a contender. But that's why, yeah, she says, like, what if well, what if Paris was Juliet's best friend? And it's like, what if Romeo leaves and there's no chance that she can be with Romeo? And like I said, it's the idea of settling. Yeah. Well, here's hoping Bella doesn't settle. And, like, another reason she shouldn't be with Jacob. Like, so we see the one of the Cullens' cars show up. And Jacob, we know he has to hate the vampires because he's a werewolf. But if he loves her as much as he says he does, he shouldn't make her feel badly about wanting to see people she cares about. She she doesn't even know if it's Edward, and she's pretty sure it's not going to be Edward in that car. And if he loved her properly, he would be happy for her to see someone who's going to make her happy. But he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And this is also why I feel like reading this again, I'm kind of thinking that maybe, I don't think Jacob ever really loved Bella in like an actual romantic way. Like I think he had a crush on her. Sure. But he kind of always ignores what she wants. And I honestly think that part of why he will continue to pine for her throughout the series is this idea that he can't have her. Like, you know, she's hard to get. And like, I understand he had a crush on her, but like the healthy mature thing to do would be, Oh, she's not available. I'm going to move on and find someone else who's actually available and also returns my feelings of love. Whereas his love for her, like in quotation marks, is very like possessive. And he goes on this whole thing of like, he's better for her and than Edward is. And I just wonder if you'll form the same opinion by the end of the series, Charles. But I just, this is something I feel like I've always thought, but reading it again, like now being older, I can definitely see that. Like, I just don't think he actually loves her. Cause like when you really love someone, you just want them to be happy. You just want the best for them. And like, that's not what he wants. He just wants her, which is like not good. We just have really good examples of people selflessly loving. Like for example, I mean, Edward misguided, but he thinks that if he completely pulls himself out of Bella's life, she can have a better life and a healthier soul And that hurts him, and he does it. Or Bella, every time her life is threatened, her first thought is, what's going to happen to Charlie? And she doesn't even like Charlie. She loves him because he's her dad. But we see unconditional, like, true love in this this book. And And Jacob does not have that. I completely agree. He had a crush. She was pretty. He She was a little older. She's a little mysterious. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that she's associated with the vampires, that she can't have him, that he can't have her. And that sort of winning her would be a bigger deal than actually wanting, like her wanting him. Like for him, it's almost about the chase. Yes. And also what you just said about Edward, how like Edward, even though it was misguided and it wasn't the best decision, he was willing to hurt himself and be away from Bella because he thought that was what what was best for her, which something that's kind of been touched on is like Jacob is also very dangerous for Bella. He's a werewolf and he's a younger, newer werewolf who's not always necessarily fully in control of his emotions and just he's just as much a risk to Bella as Edward is to her if that makes sense so it's like this idea it's not more so yeah like also because we don't we she hasn't been with Jacob as long as him being a werewolf whereas he's just turned into werewolf at least Edward's been a vampire for you know a hundred years and he's been resisting human blood for a very very long time so like that argument like doesn't make sense And then I also noted, I was just thinking about, I don't think Bella would, I also think Bella would, could never be happy with Jacob because they would never be equals. With Edward, she can change into a vampire and be as equal, which is something we talked about a lot in the last book of how, you know, she doesn't want to have to have him always saving her. She wants to save him sometimes. Like, 
that be in an equal partnership. And this is something that comes out throughout the series that Jacob is always like, Bella, you wouldn't need to change to be with me. And it's like, but yeah, but then you'd always be in a position of power in your relationship and also you're super dangerous. So just more points against Jacob. Yeah, he's so dangerous. And we have proof that Edward can resist his urges. He sucked her blood before (laughs) and he was able to turn it off. We talked about that. Like it was a little bit of a climactic letdown, but like we have Sam Yuli, who is the most in control of these werewolves. And we have proof that he's attacked his partner. I mean, it was earlier on in his werewolf career, but we know that they're much more volatile and they have very little control over it. Yeah. And Edward, we have actual proof that he's in control. So, but yes, we're going to definitely talk about the changing as that comes up because also if Bella wants to change, For her partner, that should be her choice. Like, she should have that option. And she can't do that with the werewolves. Anyway, that's me getting ahead of myself. But we have Alice back. We get some important exposition. One, Alice can't see the werewolves in her vision, which makes sense. But it's an important thing to know. I think that could probably come back in the future. And Charlie is super pissed at Edward, which is totally understandable. But... I clocked that because I was like, when Edward comes back, I want that not to be glossed over, that he's mad at Edward. Because we know Bella is going to just fall back for Edward immediately. And she she's going to voice her things, and she does voice her problem, her concerns. But she ultimately, she wants to be with him. So I was really glad that when Edward came back at the end, Charlie was like, I'm mad at him. There are rules. Like, he has to re-earn his trust, which I thought was good. Because it could have been so easily just swept under the rug. Yeah. But... Then we have our big chaos moment, and they're going to go to Italy, and Bella and Alice are on a plane. This felt very High School Musical to me. What do you mean by High School Musical? How? This reading felt like the High School Musical formula for the Twilight books. So if you know anything about High School Musical, you know that there's a formula in every book, in every movie, where there's a duet, a Gabriella and Troy duet that Sharpay also covers, and there's a Gabriella sad song, and then there's a sports song. And there's a boys reunion song. Like it's the same formula in all three movies. Uh-huh. And this kind of this reading kind of felt like that, where we have Bella under intense guard by the werewolves. Felt very much like Jasper and Alice on guard over okay. her in Phoenix. And then like the chaos of what the plan is, how are we gonna fix this? Felt very much like the chaos in the house of the last book. And just the the long travel where the vampires are kind of restricted by like human timelines as well. And they're also agitated. It felt very like we've seen this pattern before, oh, okay. but it's, yeah. I should know you have high school musical. I, I understand. Yeah. That's pretty common. I would say throughout the rest of the books, it's a pretty straightforward pattern. Um, and then I also just wanted to add that Alice, she can't just not see werewolves, but she also can't see anyone who is around the werewolves in that moment, which is, like how she couldn't see Jacob pulling Bella out of the water after she jumped off the cliff. And that's why she thought she didn't come out because she couldn't see that. So that's something that we'll see a lot in the rest of the series. I bet that's going to lead to some jealousy, but we'll see. And then we have a lot of action that I don't really think we need to cover too, too much, but basically Bella's on the plane and it's really funny because Alice is like, seriously, I think Edward's all wrong. I've been thinking I might just change you myself. And Bella is on the plane. She's like, do it. Change me now. Do it. Bite me, Alice. 
And I was like, she literally says, bite me, Alice, on the plane. And I was like, Bella, we know it takes three days. And also, she's like. She's desperate. She's not she's thinking so clearly. Desperate. It was really funny. And Alice was like, I don't think the other passengers would like that very much. Mm-hmm. And then they get to Italy. And I was so, so jealous. I love Italy so much. And then Bella runs in and she snags Edward. And that made me very jealous, too. You know, running into Edward. Nice for Bella. And then we have the scene where we finally meet the Voltori and we meet the main three, which is Aro, who is very, very chill and kind of fun. He keeps like laughing maniacally. It's very kind of creepy, which I'm sure you'll see when we watch the movie. And then Marcus and Caius, who are less so, they're way more like just reserved. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see how they are in the movie, but we have some more stuff. So we find out that Bella seems to be immune to Edward's and Aro's and Jane's powers. We know she's not immune to Alice's because Alice can sort of see the future sort of, but that's sort of uniform except for the werewolves, but she's immune to more vampires powers. And I'm wondering if her immunity is going to carry over when she does become a vampire. As you know, my theory is that she will eventually change And we know that some people bring powers over into being a vampire that are heightened. And I think that Bella's immunity, and you don't have to spoil if you don't want, but I'm also, this is kind of vague, but I'm like, I think that Bella's immunity to vampire powers is somehow going to carry over and be magnified when she becomes a vampire eventually. And I felt like it was really emphasized because Aro, he's like, I really want all three of you to become Volturi. And Bella's like, um, I'm not a vampire yet. He's like, well, we could fix that. And... I I was like, ooh, I feel like, especially because the Volturi, they're like, we want Edward and Alice's powers because they're extra good. Like, mm-hmm. these will be useful for to us. And I was like, I feel like Bella's power might have something to do with her immunity. Also because that's a really good foil to her clumsiness right now that, like, she literally can't walk down the street without falling. Like, when she's <laughs> running to save Edward and Alice, is like, you better not trip. You better not trip. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, she better not trip because if she, like, scrapes her knee – in this city where there's all these vampires, they're just going to drink her blood right then and there. Like, they're going to kill her right then and there. They won't be able to resist but her they, tasty blood. The vampires don't hunt in Volterra. Remember? I know. But still, like, yes, I know. But they also could still, like, be really thirsty because, again, Bella's blood, real tasty. Uh-huh. But anyway, I'm hoping the immunity carries over. And then, most importantly, Marcus and Caius are like, we'll let you go, but you better convert her really soon because she knows too much. Yeah, and... Yeah, basically, Aro just sees them all as possible assets to his basically, like, vampire arsenal of the Volturi. I, they talk about how, like, there's, I think, like, five of them are, like, the family, but then they have the guard, which is, like, a ton of vampires. And obviously, they're constantly trying to get more vampires with powers. But I'm not going to say anything about what you call Bella's immunity or anything because I don't want to spoil anything. But we will eventually find out. Okay, well, you can tell me off camera. But no. I, ugh, that's so mean. Well, I guess I never told you about Marethew, so there we go. Exactly. I need to give Bella a little more, like, frustration now because she, her lack of preservation and sort of validation of her own feelings kind of bothered me. So we see that tour group brought in, and Bella puts two and two together that they're going to be the meal for the Volturi, which, like, my insides roiled when I read that. I was like... Oh, and then she describes a little old woman who's so scared. I was like, this is awful and disgusting. And Bella puts two and two together, and she has a breakdown afterwards. Like, they're waiting until, like, 
night to fall so that she can come back. They can leave. But she's, like, crying. And she's like, I'm being so stupid. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And I was like, Bella, you're allowed to cry. Like, this is a disgusting thing that you just heard. You heard them screaming. And also, you, Edward, and Alice have been in mortal peril for the last 24 hours. You've been worried that Edward has been going to die. And you're still stuck in the mouth of the monster. Like, you're allowed to be scared, and you just saw a bunch of vulnerable humans killed. Like, when she's calling herself stupid for having those very reasonable feelings, I was like, Bella, you are allowed to have feelings. I think if anything, she was saying, like, she feels stupid because she's like, I'm safe now. But also, I mean, that's like, I don't know about you, but like when you feel like when you're feeling emotion, you're like, oh, I need to calm down. And you're like, I'm being ridiculous. But it's like, no, you're not actually being ridiculous. You know, like I feel yeah. like a lot of people have those irrational feelings when you're feeling overwhelmed by everything. But something will kind of learn more and more about as the series goes on is that Bella definitely has very, very strong feelings about not harming humans, which is why, I mean, even when she first finds out Jacob is a werewolf, how she's like worried that they're killing people because she's like, oh, like I like vampires, but I like the vampires that are good, that don't hurt people. Like she's feels very, very strongly about that. And that's also why she says like, she's so like disgusted by the human woman who's at the front desk Gianna. who it was yeah she's like the receptionist and she and she's like why is she here does she know what's going on does she know like that they're leading people into this and edward and alice are like yes so like she wants to join the Volturi. she wants to be one of them and she's like why would anybody ever want to be a part of that like that the mass murder yeah well saying that and then maybe that makes me think that maybe part of bella's powers will be that she'll like be even, like, impervious to the human blood draw when she becomes a vampire. Like, maybe she'll be able to completely control her hunger and her thirst. That would be kind of a cool power for her to have. Especially because you're so right that she... The reason that she even goes to confront Jacob when she finds out he's a werewolf, she's like, you can't keep killing people. You're totally <laughs> right that she's like... Yeah, she's... The only exception to that is Edward. She's like, if Edward killed people, I wouldn't care. But everyone else, she's... No, not even necessarily. I think if... Well, she even says that... Um, I think why she goes to, like, warn Jacob about Victoria... She goes to warn him something, and she's like... Oh, she's like, well, I still love him, like, if he is a killer. And she's like, yeah, I would. She's like, because love makes you do irrational things. Yeah. I was super disgusted by Gianna, too, though, too. That was just, like, the fact that she... Yeah. That was, oh, gross. And she's like calm and sweet about it. Yeah, we don't we don't need that in our lives. Well, our three get back. Edward and Bella are back together, and it's not even a question. But she does tell him that she's like she's already. There's been a paradigm shift in their relationship. She's like, you can't do things just to save me, and you left me alone. And Victoria put a target on my back, and he apologizes. <laughs> His reason for not expecting Victoria to chase her was kind of feeble. He's like, I was so clouded because I was only listening to James's thoughts. I couldn't realize that she was like his mate. And I'm like, while true, you still should have been a little like a little bit smarter of a person might have thought, I wonder if people are going to come back to kill her. I think she smells delicious. Like she's probably a target. But Anyway, he's cognizant of the fact that he brought her into a dangerous world and that he needs to do more. And 
it felt already like there's a little more, not power, but like that there's a little more emotional equality in the relationship. Like Bella's like, you're going to answer my questions. Yeah. And then we kind of get a second climax and Bella uses her leverage of the Volturi threat to force a vote uh, amongst the Cullens since the threat essentially affects them all. And she already has the offer from Alice that Alice will try to turn her. And she really wants to be a vampire. And I just really wanted to hear your thoughts on the whole vote thing, Charles. Oh, I love this. Especially because, like I just said, paradigm shift. Bella would not have done this in the first book. No. She wouldn't have known that she has the relationship with all the vampires. She wouldn't have known that she is so sure. Because, like we said last episode, Bella now wants to be a vampire, not just to be with Edward, but for herself. And she knows how they're all going to vote. And she it's a really sweet moment because, as we always say, we lo- what we love about the Cullens is the sort of family unit aspect of them, that they're so supportive. And they're really, like, on board. And, like, I really loved when they each go by and vote and you have the special reactions from each of them. I really loved Esme calling her family. She's like, I already think of you as my daughter. And the brothers already feel like she's their sister. And Rosalie's like, I want you to be my sister. I'm just, like, I want you to know that I wouldn't have chosen this, but I still would be happy for you to be my sister. And then Carlisle is like, and, you know, Edward is his, I mean, not, I'm not going to say he's his favorite kid, but, like, he's his first kid. They've been companions <laughs> the longest. Like, Edward's his favorite. And, you know, he really understands Edward, and he gets where Edward's coming from. But he's like... I think Edward's wrong on this one. Like, and you know, like when, when Carlisle says yes, like it's so clear that Bella will get her way. And then he says he will convert her and that he wants her. Oh, that was, it was really sweet. I really love the moment. And you know, I get all sappy for the family stuff. So I was totally into it. And even though Edward is still super against it, and like we said, the only other person to vote no besides Edward is Rosalie, and she says if given the choice, she would have wanted to stay human, which we will get more explanation on her reasoning later on in the series. And I definitely think that it is good for her to wait at least until she's not living with Charlie. Yeah, and I'm excited to see how they handle that transformation with Renee and Charlie. I think that's one of those things that could go a number of ways. So I have no prediction whether it's like faking her own death or something like that, but then they can't stay in forks. I, I don't really know, but because one, so we have to find an explanation as to how she's going to explain to Charlie and Renee that she's changed because we're going to notice a difference when Bella converts. She's going to be, I mean, I'm sure she's beautiful right now, but she's going to be immaculate. Also, she's not going to be falling over and she's not going to age. So, like, within a couple of years, it'll be very clear that something has changed. So we're going to need some explanation. Maybe she's going to mercy kill her parents. I hope not. But, or, I don't know. Maybe Bella can modify memories. That'll be her power. And they'll just, for, I don't know. Now I'm going on a rabbit hole. Uh, but anyway, I think that Bella does make an excellent point about the waiting. So I think it's good that they should wait until she's out of Charlie's house. That's a good point. But she shouldn't wait too long because she's already got a target on her back. We've seen multiple vampires try to kill her. Plus we have the Volturi and we have these werewolves who are a little out of control and we know that some of them want her for other reasons, for fun and not fun. And 
I just think everything would be a little easier if she was a vampire. Though, she's being a little ridiculous about turning 20. She's like, if Jacob's gonna, if Edward's gonna be a teenager forever, I'm gonna be a teenager forever. And I'm like, why is everyone so adamant wanting to be a teen forever? Like, Carlisle is 30 forever, and he's described as beautiful all the time. It's not everyone. It's just Bella. I mean, she doesn't want to be significantly older than her partner that she's planning to spend the rest of her life with. But they'll look the same, and they'll be... And he'll have spent 100 years longer on the Earth, and also, like... But I think it's just, like, a principle. She just doesn't want to be But Esme's older, older than Carlisle. She is? I thought she said she was, like, 40-ish when she was turned. I don't think they ever said anything. She couldn't have been age. 40-ish if she just had her first kid. Maybe I'm just I matching that. I don't, I don't think they gave anyone's age except Edward. Edward is 17. I don't think... Honestly, throughout the series, I don't think they mentioned anyone else's age. Like, but you can obviously assume Carlisle and Esme are supposed to be a little bit older. Like, so probably in their 30s. And then everyone else is probably in their 20s, 18 to, tw- 18 to 20s, somewhere in that range. But yeah, I don't think they yeah. give anyone well, else's age. Well, either way, I would rather be turned immortal with my 23-year-old body than my 18-year-old body. I understand not wanting to be that much older. And I do understand, like, it could be like a male-female thing, that she cares a little more about being younger than her partner. But, like, I just don't think that... I think that her, like, weird obsession with the numbers of it is kind of immaterial because once you live forever, it's not going to matter that much if you were, like, two years older when you changed. Well, your body becomes perfect when you become a vampire, so it doesn't really Exactly, that's the other point. I'm like, if she's, like, 23, her body... also, the fact is, she's just not going to wait. She First of all, with the Volturi, the threat, she doesn't want to wait that long. Like, she's Which is, I think now. is a good point. Like I said, so, she like, shouldn't wait too I long. Think there's combinations of it. She doesn't want to wait that long, and then also she just doesn't want to be that much older. But also, like, again, yeah, as a woman, like, I wouldn't want to age much more because, like, if her, if her forever partner is going to be forever 17, like, obviously, he's he looks older. Like, it's Robert Pattinson in the movie. Like, he does not look 17. But, like... Still, I can totally understand that. Like, you wouldn't want to be 23, especially based on how, like, she ages. Like, because however, when she's turned, she's going to look like that. Like, a beautified version of that. So. Well, I did have my first gray hair at 22, so maybe she's got a point. <laughs> and then we do have another really important moment to get Edward to consider being the one to change Bella. And he yes, suggests that they moment. should get married. So and yes, I melt every time. I love this. It's romantic. And he's like, oh, like, what like, what would you do if I'll change you? And she's like, anything. And he's like, oh, anything. And then she's like, wait, I take it back. But he's like, marry me, which like, that's in the movie too. Very romantic part. But then also, I love that Bella points out that Edward obviously doesn't fully believe that he's completely lost his soul. Because when Bella first runs up to him and like crashes into him in Italy... The first thing he says is, amazing, Carlisle was right because he thought that they were both dead in heaven. So his whole lost soul thing is obviously, he doesn't fully believe that. Yeah, like there's a crack in it now because when he thought he was dead, he thought he was in heaven. Like, oh, yes, Bella. And then also, like, even on a more simple level, like when she talks about this with him, she's like, how can you love me the way you say you do? If you and feel about me the way you do, if you have no soul, like if you don't have a soul, you cannot be ready to get yourself ripped apart by scary, scary vampire people to not live in a world without me. Like, 
if you don't have a soul. And also, like, yeah. the fact that he thought he was in heaven. Like, she's pointing out flaws in his logic, and he's dumbfounded. He's literally like, oh, I didn't even think of that. So, yeah, she shut him up all nice and good. I was very, very proud of Bella in that moment. Yeah, and then that only leaves the epilogue, and... Jacob just seems very jealous to me in this moment because, you know, Bella chose Edward, as we always knew she would. There was, Jacob never had a chance compared to him. And he knows that. She said that. She's made it clear. Him deluding himself is entirely his fault. Yeah. And then at this point, which we'll see in the next book, and we'll see if you eventually agree with me or if you agree with me now, but I honestly just think it's pretty selfish of Bella at this point to want to keep Jacob in her life because, like, she got Edward back, and that should be enough. Like, Edward fully completes her, and her continuing to want Jacob as, like, her best friend is only going to keep hurting Jacob, and also, Jacob just sucks, so I don't know why she would want to stay friends with him anyway. Like, it's just, like I said, I think, like I said, we'll see a lot of this in the next book because there's this whole conversation going about like vampires and werewolves are like mortal enemies and like they can't be friends and Bella's like no like I want you both to be like I want Edward to be my lover and Jacob to be my best friend and I'm like Bella like that's just not gonna work and so I think it's just a little bit selfish of her to kind of force that with them especially when it's ultimately just hurting Jacob because she knows that Jacob is like in love with her slash has a very major crush and is kind of possessive but yeah I just think this especially in the next book I'll definitely this is when I kind of start to dislike Bella's character and I feel like she starts to kind of take for granted Edward's love for her and stuff gotcha well I'll keep an eye out for it I definitely think that she needs to get cut off Jacob just because she's not going to use him as an emotional support anymore. She doesn't emotionally need him. And it'd be one thing if they could just be friends, but she knows that they cannot just be friends because he wants more. And she was able to tolerate that because she needed an emotional support system, but she's got that. She's got Charlie. She's got her mothering instinct for Charlie and for Renee. And she's got her supported instinct from Edward. And so she's really not, yeah, I think that I agree that it's sort of selfish to keep dragging Jacob along, mostly because Jacob will not accept her feelings. Like, it would be, if Jacob could be like, you know what, I really, really understand you've chosen Edward. It stinks for me, but I'll get over it. Let's be friends. And he stopped, like, pushing her to do more. It would be okay, because then they could stay platonic friends. But because she's aware, like, she's smart enough to know that Jacob wants more, so she really has no excuse to keep dragging him with her. And then, as if we needed a nail in the coffin, which we didn't, coffin joke for the vampires, slow clap for me, thank you very much. But when he brings the motorcycles over to get her in trouble with Charlie, I'm speechless. I was, that's how, this is how we know it's not love, it's a possessive obsession, it's a possessive crush. Because he feels like he owns Bella. He has a right to her time. He has a right to her attention. One, he didn't bother to pick up the phone and call her. Instead, he's like, gotta take drastic action. Must be the vampire controlling her. But also, if he really cared about her, he wouldn't put her in a situation where she's gonna get in trouble with Charlie. 
And she trusted him. And this is the second time he's broken a promise to her. He doesn't deserve her attention anymore. He's broken way more promises. The whole, like, I'll never hurt you. He's broken that, like, a hundred times All the time. Over, all over and over and again. Over and over again. But we'll keep looking for more broken promises. And hopefully, maybe we'll just kill Jacob. I mean, I know that's not going to happen. But, like, ooh, wouldn't it be nice if we saw him, like, ripped to shreds? Oh, I'm so mad at him. Any of way, anyway... I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm so I'm so enraged at the motorcycles. Speaking of which, we're starting book three next week. We're starting Eclipse, like Asia said. We're going to be looking for poor beha- emotional behavior on Jacob and Bella's part and probably some amazing, well, behavior, good behavior from Edward. We're reading the first half of the book, so we're reading chapters one through 15 for next week. And like I already said, I'm ready for romance to be back, and I'm ready for Jacob to be torn to shreds by the Cullens. Personally, I would like to see Rosalie do it. Well, I'm very excited for you to find out what happens next. And if if you have any predictions, theories, or questions, or you just want to keep talking to us about Twilight more, remember that you can stay in touch with us about anything on the Nerd Party website. Just head over to nerdparty.com slash contact and select throwback paperback. You can send us an email there and get in touch with the network on Twitter at joinnerdparty or on Instagram at the nerd party and facebook.com slash the nerd party and to find me i'm at asia bonia on twitter and at asia.bonia on instagram and i'm at ce sheeland on twitter and instagram and remember that as a podcast we grow in ratings by subscribers reviews etc so make sure that you rate and review the podcast share it with your friends make sure you're subscribed and check out the other amazing podcasts on the nerd party network Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss us next week when we talk about Eclipse. Yes, hit that subscribe and have a good one. We'll see you next week. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.